Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 10 of the Before It Was Cool podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about something pretty somber, uh, if that's the correct word. And uh, it's pretty brutal something that happened this week. Uh, but yeah, before we get into that, here's Jay. Hey everyone, so um. As Tom was saying, this one isn't as upbeat as usual. Don't get me wrong, we'll still talk our usual levels of shit and tangents. But um, this episode itself is dedicated to um, Joey Jordison, the drummer, well, ex-drummer of Slipknot, who unfortunately passed away this week. Um, both Tom and I, as we've said in previous episodes, are metalheads. So, and both of us enjoy Slipknot, so it seems like it would be a good idea to talk about this share our views with it, and um, in the end, we're going to just talk about some of our favorite Joey Jordison-era Slipknot songs. Yeah, he was also the original guitarist for Murder Dolls, and like I, on my previous podcast, Full Metal Lockdown podcast, I actually got to talk with uh, Wednesday 13, and when I asked him about Joey, he didn't bring up his illness or anything like that, so mm. from my understanding, and this is just my understand, my very limited knowledge, he didn't really tell anyone about his uh, sickness. He just fell out of contact with everyone. Mm. That's yeah. That's generally what I um read for the most part. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Anyway, so I guess we're gonna get into it. Yeah. Um. I was going to say, Tom, did you alter the theme song to have just a little bit of um, Joey drumming, or would that break a bit of um, copyright? Because that could be a cute little thing to add. Uh, I'll see what I can do, but yeah, I think if I keep it under 10 seconds, it should be right. Mm. So, okay. Yeah, I'll see if I can add a little bit of Joey to the intro. Either that'll do your work in a um, computer chair and you have to do all the typing while spinning upside down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that'd be a good tribute. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, let's start the theme music. Yeah. Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Before And welcome back. Podcast. That was the theme song, and we are the Before It Was Cool podcast. Um, as I said, we're talking Joey Jordison Day's Slipknot today in respect and, I guess, mourning for the loss of the legendary drummer. Um, so from what I can tell, it's about four albums. Because was he a part – was he on Mate, Feed, Kill, Repeat? I think he was, but he wasn't the drummer. If I'm not mistaken, I'll I have to look that up. I'll look that up while you keep talking. But even then, like, we're not going to probably include that because that was an EP before they were... It's not a studio album. Um, and that's more what we're talking here. So, um, well, actually, before we, like, get talking about our favourite songs, so, Tom, what was your introduction to Slipknot? My introduction to Slipknot was Channel V, actually. Remember that old music channel? Still yeah, around, yeah, but so... it's just not the same. It's like MTV. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, if you're an international listener, um, Channel V is just a um, pretty much a music channel in Australia on um, our effectively our cable, our, what we call Foxtel or pay TV. Um, yeah. 
and yeah, it on it had a heap of different stuff, and that's where you were first introduced to Slipknot, was it? Pretty much, like uh, first song I ever saw was uh, "White and Bleed." Well, that's pretty early days Slipknot. Yeah, that's the first album, first like self-titled album. Yeah, the first studio album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it was, um, like a heap of people introduced me to them. Like you even tried to get me into them at one stage <laughs> and early Slipknot for me. Like I couldn't get into it. Like I wasn't into as heavy a music back then. Like I liked my old, I liked my old school metal back then. But then, um, when I was a bit older, I was working at, um, Aftershock Records, uh, just a local CD shop in my hometown and the owner would play videos from Rage, which is a, um, just a music TV show for those who don't know. And he'd have the videos going and songs from All Hope Is Gone were on there, mainly Psychosocial and Dead Memories. And Psychosocial had me, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm actually enjoying this. And then um, Dead Memories came on and I liked it a bit more. It was a bit more my style of metal. And then I started listening to Volume 3 and I was like, okay, this is still in that similar style. I'm, in, I'm enjoying this a lot more than um, the other stuff that I'd heard, like the much earlier stuff. And then um, as I got to know my – like I then, I'd listened to a little bit of Slipknot in Iowa and they were, like, I was like, yeah, there's a couple of songs I don't mind, but not much of this has grabbed me. But then it was um, being with my wife who is a major Slipknot fan and listening to it more and more that I really started to appreciate it. Admittedly around that time I was starting to get into much heavier music um, – I think around that stage, I was starting to listen to Satyricon and stuff like that. So much heavier music and, of course, Death Clock because Death Clock makes everything better. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and because of that, I've just gotten into um, – I've gotten into the earlier stuff. And whenever I'm in trouble, I'll go out and buy um, my wife a um, anything Slipknot-related or Baby Yoda-related to get in a good – in her good graces again. So that's the way I survive a marriage. Um, Cause I fuck up a lot. I'm not going to deny that. I'm, I'm a dick. Um, and, but what a dick. Um, <laughs> oh, and just to clarify, uh, Joey Jordison was on make fee kill repeat. It yeah. was Corey Taylor that wasn't. Yeah. I knew Corey wasn't a part of it. Um, what was, um, Joey doing on the album? Do you know? Drums. He was drums still. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was guitars, but no, he was drums. No, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so, yeah, that's both of our introductions to Slipknot. Like, I remember you and I talking about them. Like, I remember a party we were having at your house. It was your birthday party. And you, you and I were that? getting in a... Sorry? You can remember that? Oh, considering how much I drank that night, um, I am really quite impressed with how much I remember. <laughs> um, so I remember you and I were discussing about who the better vocalist was between um, Jonathan Davis and Corey Taylor. Oh, yeah. And then, um, so the reason that Tom says that I remember it, that night I was drinking a bottle of Mezcal. So Mezcal's like tequila. It's the thing with the grub in the bottom. Um, and I'm drinking pretty much that straight all night and then heading off to the pub afterwards and I've still got half a bottle. And I offer it around to see if anyone wanted some. It's like, nope. So then I just neck that bottle, catch the grub between my teeth. Anyone want some? Nope. Swallow that too. And um, yeah, I, I actually remember that night pretty clearly, which is surprising. I think I'm actually still drunk from it. Um, I was drinking Jägermeister and Toys Platinum, so 
Like the chance Ugh. of me remembering anything were grim. Oh, uh, so first tangent. So just talking drinking. Um, <laughs> there was one night Christmas and I had people over and we decided to do um our own version of Jaeger bombs. Except I did mine. It was a cup of tequila dropping a shot of Jaeger in, and hers was a cup of Jaeger dropping a shot of tequila in. Um, <laughs> to this day, it is the only night that I've ever lost memory from drinking. <laughs> oh God, I've oh, I, uh, I've lost memory a few times, but yeah. But oh, that night that oh, like I passed out on a table mid drinking game, and you know how much I love drinking games. Yeah. Anyway, I finally wake up and I find Crystal. She's passed out in her spare room, having fallen into one of those um portal clothes racks that's put a hole in the wall. So that was it was a pretty good effort <laughs> by both of us. Yeah. Oh god. Sometimes oh. I'm so glad I don't drink anymore. Sometimes I'm so sad that I don't drink anymore. <laughs> but yeah. Um, oh yes. god. But uh, anyway. Yeah, back so, on the slipknot. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the first tangent. Keep a tally at home. But we'll go apparently not Wait, 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 just wait. So, listeners, apparently no one um, took advantage of our potential offer for a free prize if you were the first one to um, tally up the amount of tangents. So, apparently we have to make it easier for everyone. And, yeah, so that was the first tangent. This is the, technically the second because we're tangenting about a tangent. It's um very exhibit. I heard you like tangents, so here's a tangent while you're tangent. Very meta. Yeah, very, exactly, exactly. Very memento. <laughs> Try and keep anyway, on so, this one. But, uh, oh, yeah, right. try and keep up with this one. Uh, but I barely keep up with myself in my own head, let alone this. It's like Christopher Nolan's thing he writes at the start of his script. Keep up with this one, bitches. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, so back to Slipknot. Their first album, 99, self-titled album, it was heavy as shit. Uh, it produced iconic moments like whenever they played sick they did the get up and jump which was mm. fucking awesome so like i got to be a part of it twice before i was in a wheelchair and then i got to be a part of it once when i was in a wheelchair which was funny but uh um i think i was a part of it the time you were a part of it in your wheelchair so um yeah because yeah that was a that sound, was a um sound, sound wave, wave yeah that was last time i saw him live and they didn't have yeah. joey then either no joey was part of it then was he paul joey was part of it yeah yeah paul died yeah it was the one after that that joey wasn't there anymore because that's one thing i use like i'll um rib my wife with i'll rib crystal with is the fact that I got to see Joey and she didn't. Well, I got to see Paul. Yeah, but I didn't like them then, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but you can no. rub that into your wife's face. I also got to see you Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, that part's awesome, but um <laughs> Hey, there's still I've seen ACDC three times, so Yeah, I haven't seen him yet. I'll yeah. probably never get a chance to. Uh, Brian Johnson's back touring with them and stuff and performing with them again, so... Oh, good, good. As long as it's not Axl Rose. Yeah, I hated fuck. that replacement. Uh, oh, anyway. There's tangent number tangent three. Tangent number three. But, uh, yeah, the self album, it was... Wait and Bleed was obviously the biggest single on the album. 
spit it out got pretty high on it as well. Yeah, spit it out got pretty good numbers, but yeah, Wait and Bleed was the biggest single. It went like I think gold around the world, and the album went platinum. Like gold as a single, and then platinum as an album. Yeah. Uh, then in two thousand and one, they released Iowa. Well, we didn't talk about our favorite song off there first. Off, uh, Slipknot. Yeah, off Slipknot. What was your favorite song off there? Uh, probably either Wait and Bleed because it's got the nostalgia element where it was the first song I ever heard, or uh, probably Spit It Out. For me, it is a tough decision between the two, and the deciding factor for me is the film clips. Yeah. And then I remember that Wait and Bleed had the anime. Have you seen the Wait and Bleed animated film clip? Yeah. It's fucking awesome. I love it. I love anything with, like, creepy dolls and stuff like that, and it's perfect for that. But then Spit It Out has all the references to The Shining, which is consider- which, in my opinion, is one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's either of those two for me. Like, it's um, six of one, half a dozen of another, really. Yeah. If uh, you want a film clip with uh, heaps of shining references, check out Dead End by King Parrot. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 100% shining ripoff. Like they've even got twins dressed up like the twins from The Shining. So yeah. good. So, so good. Done in the best kind of way. It's more of an homage than a ripoff. Yeah, and that's what most people do. Like, it's stuff that they like and they want to show that they like it and show respect for it. So, yeah, I completely understand that. And That's tangent number four. No, 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 <laughs> it's still on topic because we were talking about the film clips and it linking. So Yeah, it's, true. Uh, it's it's tangent three and a half. Tangent, on... yeah, three and a half. We'll say that's there half tangent. Yeah, um, I put a half mark. I've got a tally going here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, God. But, uh, yeah, on to 2001's Iowa. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you were saying before that Iowa wasn't the... You don't think it's the masterpiece that everyone says it is, or considering Slipknot, it's not the disaster piece that every everyone thinks it is? Yeah, it's got its moments. Like It's like Heresy and uh, People Who Shit are great songs, and there are a few great moments on there. I just think... And this is almost a direct quote from the band themselves. They were on tour solidly from the debut of the self-titled album right up to writing this album that was just rushed. And I can feel that in it. Although it is heavy as fuck, they went that heavy because they just felt that they needed to, if you know what I mean. And the fact that it was sandwiched, for me, that it was sandwiched between two great albums in their genre, like in self-titled and subliminal verses, and we'll get to the subliminal verses, makes mm. Iowa's flaws just shine up to me. Yeah, like um, I do get where you're coming from. Um, as I said, I wasn't introduced to them as they were released. Yeah. Um, I was introduced looking at them in, I guess, in hindsight, really, because I came in a bit late. Um, but I do definitely see what you mean there with that rushed sort of sound in a lot of it that they were just trying to get it out and get it heavy. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like... 
not to say that they were selling out or anything because they weren't. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the same amount of passion. It was more the same amount of let's just get this done. Yeah. Hmm. It's uh. It's one of those albums that just seemed like their heart and soul wasn't into it. If you know what I mean. Hmm. Like I'm not saying that they didn't put effort into it. They did. No. They just were exhausted from all the other factors and they had to do this album. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, it was, um, it just, yeah, it wasn't what they could have done yeah. if they were given the time and had the energy and all that, which once again, isn't an insult to them. It's still a fantastic album. Yeah. Um, but I'm agreeing with you in that. I don't think it's the album that everyone says it is. Um, as we said, both said still great. Just not as like, Oh my god, have you heard this? And it's like, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, Tom, what would be your favorite song off the track? Probably uh Heresy, like uh Oh the Heretic album? Uh, the Heretic Anthem, sorry. Anthem, yeah, not Heresy. I'm thinking of Divine Heresy. The Heretic Anthem. Uh that song I just loved when I was a teenager. I wasn't gothic or anything, I just love being able to uh, put it in my headphones. Play it so loud that the people next to me could hear it and hear this 666. Well, isn't that the only way to listen to things? Exactly. But they were always, like, uptight, like, popular girls and shit that, like, I had no interest in at the time. So I would, like, let them hear the fact that I was listening to something in their eyes, quotation marks, satanic. Yeah, exactly. And it's not even close to actually being... Like satanic at all, yeah. um, or, uh, but yes, it says it's uh, all the fact that it references six six six, which is, to be honest, if you read some religious stuff, because I do, because I like to argue religion, um, <laughs> is that the number six 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 wasn't actually the official number of the devil; it was six one six. Yeah. It is time to reveal the big news. The Portland School Podcast is now on Patreon. There are six tiers to choose from, ranging from $1 to $100. $1 gets you just to help. $3 gets you a shout-out in every episode, except for the episodes in the next tier. $10 gets you your choice. You choose the topic, and I record a solo episode dedicated to you with no ads or other Patreon shout-outs. $15 produce it up you get the opportunity to choose the week's topic and the co-host the code should be attainable and knowledgeable on the subjects 26 spots available $50 gets you the VIP co-host position three spots available $100 is make the school podcast your own you and a person of your choosing make an episode you can even change the intro music and artwork and you can edit or ask Tom to edit to your specifications. Go to patreon.com before IWC and you will get to our landing page. That's patreon.com before IWC. Please support us so that we can continue to provide you with quality content each and every week. So yeah, like it's it's more just people um, complaining about music that they don't understand and don't appreciate. Yeah. Same things that have happened to Marilyn Manson over the years, like people saying he got the bottom libs removed or throwing puppies in the crowd. Just all that same old crap that is always directed towards metal and rock. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, 
It's always yeah. going to be there. And yeah, but Heretic Anthem, I would have to say, or, or People Equal Shit, like I said before. People Equal Shit is probably my favorite one off there. Um, and it's actually a good reflection with what I was just saying about people assuming that something's satanic or whatever. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, in this day and age, like with, um, like between anti-vax, Trumpers, flat earthers, um, and big corporations trying to control the money and not support the little people and go off into space, people do equal shit for the most part. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, I know you're you're not a big fan of people. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I'm not... I don't... Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> like, oh, but, but, but... No, no, no. People people can fucking rot in a ditch. Um, people who shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so um, yeah. move on to volume three, and this is the one that you say is big. Yeah, well, it was their entry into the mainstream. Uh, I I remember this album coming out in 03, but everyone was saying that it came out in 04. Um, which is weird to me. Well, it says it was recorded 03, 04. And then it came out in 04. But I like mm. this album for a few reasons. First of all, it was the first time the Slipknot worked with the great Rick Rubin. Second of all, it was the first time that Slipknot, oh, sorry, the only time Slipknot recorded in the house that Blood Sugar Sex Magic was recorded in. And Toxicity. What, the mansion? Yeah. It was owned yeah. by Rick Rubin. And uh, pretty much it was their entry into the mainstream of of music, if you know what I mean, but not in a bad way. And it was also well, the album that got them tall with Metallica. Hmm. Is that because of, like, was the reason that kind of got into it was um because of Vermilion? Vermilion Part 1 and 2, yeah. But uh, Before I Forget was their biggest single on the album. Mm. Uh, and it is a lot more radio-friendly than previous stuff. Yeah, and that, that heavy intro, then the pause, and then Corey yells. But he doesn't scream. He doesn't put much gravel in his voice, but... Uh, it made people go, oh, wow, that rhythm sounds awesome. Let's mm. listen to this. And I also kind of find like it's, um, compared to the two previous Slipknot albums, it almost doesn't sound as messy, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it was very well yeah. put together. Like I said, they they didn't have much money for Slipknot, like self-titled. They rushed Iowa and they got to sit down and think about this album with yeah. a lot of money behind it. Exactly, and... um. It's a much more, like, as I was saying, um, it doesn't sound as messy. Like, they, I think they were coming a bit more to get, like, a lot of their albums sounded like it was a live performance where you could have those almost mistakes where you're, it's part of the performance, it makes it real. Yeah. Whereas this one actually sounded like a much more, more polished studio album. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the- yeah, and that in itself made it a bit better in my opinion. And, like, on pretty much every track on the album, I can find a good quality, and those albums are rare. Like, in every album, you're always going to find a track where you're like, that sucks. But with this album, I was like, well, that's good. Okay, that's good. That's good. For their genre. I want to point that out, for their genre. Because mm. a lot of people have a problem with new metal, but 
Slipknot do new metal perfectly. And if a lot of people who have issue with new metal forget the fact that if it wasn't for new metal, metal would have gone really far down. Like, yeah, grunge hurt new metal so much. New, uh, hurt metal so much. Don't get me wrong. I love my grunge. I'm a Nirvana head, Pearl Jam, all that jazz. Yeah. But, um, I would actually yeah. say that hair metal hurt metal. Because if it wasn't for hair metal, the grunge movement wouldn't have started. Uh, okay, I'm going to argue with you on this one because, like, grunge was more a combination of, like, it was a developed combination between punk and pop. Yeah. And that's what Kurt always said as well. And, um, and it was just created about teenage angst. Like, it was, I think grunge would have still happened. Hair metal was just a hilarious stage that everyone goes through. <laughs> what I mean is, like, uh, Grunge would have always happened, but it wouldn't have had such an effect on metal if it wasn't such a polar opposite to what grunge was at the time, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, like, so, yeah, yeah, if yeah, hair so, metal like, didn't exist and it was just thrash metal took over, it wouldn't have been such a uh, impact that grunge mm. had on the metal side of Because hair metal was almost upbeat, even though lyrical content wasn't always the most upbeat. It yeah. was always quite, like, it was the whole sex drugs and rock and roll sort of thing and yeah yeah now i get where you're coming from now sorry yeah. about that no you're right. yeah um... i didn't explain myself properly but yeah like that that's what i mean like sure in the 90s would have been it's like metallica still doing their thing and then uh pantera going turning from hair metal into this fucking monster of a thing that produced great after great after great album to their broke up and one of their members was shot dead on stage. Yeah. Um, that's another thing to go into. Though, interesting sort of link to Slipknot is the fact that um, Corey Taylor did do a couple of songs with um, Damage Plan, the band that um, Vinnie Paul was... Not Vinnie Paul, was it? Yeah, Vinnie Paul and Dimebag... Yeah, that well, that Dimebag and Vinnie Paul were a part of, and the band that um, Dimebag was a part of when he got killed. Yeah, exactly. He also did a few songs with Anthrax. He was going to come in as their new lead singer, and Black Sabbath as well. When uh, in that weird period where uh, where Tony owned the Black Sabbath name, but he was stuck to his contract, which means he had to keep producing Black Sabbath albums. With only him in the band of the original four. Really? Had the others left? Like, I know that Ozzy left and got repl replaced with um, Dio, uh, but I didn't o know the others had left. Ozzy replaced, got left and got replaced with Dio. Then Dio got replaced with, uh, fucking what's his name from Deep Purple. Then he got... Oh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Then he got replaced by Rob Halford. Then Ozzy came back. Then Ozzy left. Then Corey was supposed to step in. Then Corey couldn't get out of his uh, his sleep not contract. Not get out of it. He wouldn't. It wouldn't allow him to work with another record label, which is why I stopped him from Anthrax. Then a uh, younger singer and I can't remember his name joined. Then Ozzy joined back up. Mind you, just shortly after the Dio run, Geezer left. He didn't mm. come back until the third Aussie run. And uh, what's his name? The, uh, the drummer. Um, 
He's a Tony. And uh, Ward. Yeah, Bill um, Ward. Uh, yeah, Bill Ward. He left after the... D- no, Rob Halford years. And then well, yeah, did, uh, he wasn't returned. the reason that he didn't tour. What wasn't the reason he didn't tour is that he had um a major cancer battle. Uh yeah, in the early days, and then later on, it was just a war with. Uh, well, meaning um, this is the end tour because he wasn't there in. No, no, this is for, this is the end. This is the end. He had a uh, falling out with uh, Sharon. Who hasn't had a falling out with Sharon? Honestly, I'm pretty sure <laughs> even Ozzy has. Well, they've split up. Yeah. Oh, While they? he was on tour, he was unfaithful. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking Ozzy Osbourne. How could you expect him to be? But I, uh, yeah. He's a number anyway, one. tangent number four and a half. <laughs> I wouldn't say that was four and a half. I'd say that was... Oh, no, wait, because we did a, four, a half earlier. Yeah, don't worry. I'm miscounting. Yep. Uh, Three and a half plus one equals four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, the Subliminal Versus album was also the album that, like I said earlier, got them tall with uh, Metallica and that epic uh, set where Lars couldn't play for some reason and Joey filled in on the drums playing with Metallica. Yeah, which would have been, well, like, would have been pretty amazing to watch. Like, that being said, like, um, like, I love seeing bands interact with other bands. Yeah. Like, I remember watching one film clip where um, Corey's playing and he, um, Slipknot's playing and they call out Corn and they do Sabotage by um, the Beastie Boys. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's great. Uh, um, but yeah, so um, what would be your favorite um, song off the album? That, that is a tough call. Cause like I said, eh, for what it is, it's pretty good from start to finish. But I would have to say... Uh, the nameless. Yeah. Which starts with the drums and the scratches from Sid, and it's pretty good. That or the blister exists. Fair enough. I would probably actually go um pulse of the maggots. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, see, this is why I do the smart thing, and I get the whole um, album up in front of me on Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) I'm running off memory. (laughs) Yeah, and we've already said how much we've drunk in the past, so that's probably not the best idea. Yeah, true, true. But, uh, yeah, uh, Subliminal Versus, the the tour was the first time I got to see them live, and uh, the next album... Mm -hmm is when I got the same live the second time, but the full tour with the spinning uh, drum riser and the uh, fire, but we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, Pulse and Maggots, I forgot about that. And bef- that was so good live, because like, the whole crowd was screaming. Oh, yeah, like... As soon as that siren hits... A combination of, like, first of all, they've got an amazing stage presence as a band. Yeah. Um, second, you know that the audience is going to get pumped because the the audience loves this band. Yeah. So it's always going to be big, 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 big. And because of that, it just creates just an absolute frenzy there. Um, and that's when you know you've got a good touring band is when you can get 
your crowd into such a frenzy and excitement and just screaming along. Um, and I love it. I love watching that sort of thing and listening to that sort of thing and just watching the interactions with the crowd. It just makes a show so much better. Yeah, it's uh, it makes me feel really, really fucking bad when promoters put them on before either bands, right? When you got bands like Metallica, they can hold up to it because Metallica is Metallica and they're iconic. Or say ACDC, they're iconic and their stage show is good enough to hold up against it. Or Rage Against the Machine, everybody just wants to see Rage, they don't give a fuck about the show before it. However, uh, I don't know how much you remember this, but in 2012 at the Soundwave Festival... When they put them on before System of a Down, who did fucking nothing. Yeah, I um, absolutely remember that. Like, I'm getting pumped to see um System of a Down. They've got a giant sheet over the um stage, yeah. and it starts with the prison song, and you see the silhouettes moving, and you're looking, and it's pumping you up. You're like, oh yes, dun 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 dun, and then it stopped, and then it, yeah, it was great build up, build up, build up, and then you watch it's like, and like, I'm sitting there with a, I wish I had a stick. So I could poke them. It's like, move, do something. Because, yeah. yeah the curtain dropped and they busted so out dull. and then they just stood there. And you're like, dude, you're playing straight after guys that literally had fire and spinning drum risers. Yeah, it's just like, uh, What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, and it was just like, and like, I started watching and I'm just like, I'm really bored now. Pretty much. I'm going to go somewhere else said the same thing and i had no idea you had the same sort of view on that but it's good to hear i'm not alone no i think they were the most uh boring act of the day at that time like if yeah you know what I mean. like I, I definitely agree with you they were probably the most boring act that i saw that day um the most disappointing one was marilyn manson to be honest most surprisingly good one was limp biscuit they were awesome. Their performance was great. Like I, I went to it not expecting much, but fuck me, that blew me out of the water. Oh, the fact that they actively, first of all, addressed what had happened previously at the big day out. Yeah. Oh, they, That's balls. they waited to, I think it was song number six in their set. Because that's when Jessica was crushed during the song number six mm. of their set at the big day out on the same stage in the same city at the same spot. Or oh, not the same stage because it was Soundwave, but yeah, in the same spot, they said, okay, now we're going to slow our set down. And we and then they got Jessica's dad up and did all this drop stuff. their um drop their banner to have a huge dedication to Jessica. It was yeah, it was a lovely thing. And the fact they did it, it took balls. They could have easily just ignored it, but they didn't. They actually pushed that. And um, Fred Durst's interaction with the crowd, like where he's just like, okay, is anyone out there thirsty? Grabs a bottle of water, passes it to the front person here, take a sip, pass it back, and like um, yeah. they start playing. They start playing Nirvana, and it's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Courtney won't let us. And <laughs> they were the reason that, kept, that Courtney Love didn't come on the um, come and play sound wave, and I'm okay with that because Courtney killed Kurt. Um, <laughs> and then, oh. like, and even then when um, DJ Lethal started going into um, Jump Around by House of Pain yeah. and just started doing oh. that, and it's like, yeah, we're not going to do that either. And like, they just played up to it. They were great. But yeah. yeah. And, and uh... that is five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, but uh, 
Yeah, so Winnable Verses is what I consider to be their best album yet. Okay. Um, I dig it as an album. Um, I'm probably, I probably don't have enough information to say I've got a favorite album or an album that I would say is best. Um, but yeah, that's just because I'm not as musically educated as you. Um, I just know what I like and I like, and if I hear something I like, I'll listen to it. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's fair enough. That's pretty yeah, much what and- I do, but yeah. Like, I've got a favourite album, but that's because it was the first one I really listened to and bought. So, yeah, I can't, um... But favourite doesn't always mean best, I mean... Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. It doesn't always mean best. It just means that it has sent a lot of value to me. Like, yeah, I exactly. love the album. Yeah, exactly. So, um, now we move to the fourth one with Joey in it, which is All Hope Is Gone. Yeah. It's, uh... 2008, I think it was. You got it. Well done. Yeah. It was released August 2008. And uh, on the when they toured Australia, they brought Machine Head with them, which was fucking insane. See, I've never really listened to much Machine Head, so um, I'll just nod and agree with you that it was insane. <laughs> I'm not going to... I'm just going to like, yes, yes, yes. Um, That band named after a Deep Purple album. Yes, they they are very, very good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or a machine that is the top of a guitar. Well, yeah, that, I, I remember reading about Machine Head and that they, they'd named their band after um a Deep Purple album yeah. as well. Yeah, it's uh, Deep Purple's Machine Head had Smoke on the Water on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was their... Um, the biggest one. I'm not a, much of a Deep Purple fan. Um, I'm. I generally think mainly because ACDC have fought with them so many times. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. All in brawls and stuff. It's. And I'm a very much an ACDC fan, and I can't like Deep Purple if I'm an ACDC nut like I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, like Chili Burbs fans and Fade No More. You can't like one or the other. Yeah. Um. I've only just started listening to Faith No More, and I'm actually really enjoying them, but yeah. Like, I'm listening to it, it's like, okay, who was first, Chili Peppers or Faith No More? <laughs> Chili Peppers were first. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. And also, they've lasted a lot longer. Like, Faith No More doesn't have anywhere near the amount of release and success that um, Chili, Peppers, the Chili Peppers have. Like, you go up to someone in the street and you ask them to tell you a Red Hot Chili Peppers song, they'll be able to do it probably be able to tell you about five ask them to tell you a faith no more song they'd struggle to get the same amount yeah you'll maybe get one on five being able to answer you that's not saying that faith no more aren't good they are good epic and sunday even though it's cover uh sorry not sunday easy even though it's cover uh still good songs but they rip their look off the chili peppers you look at my pattern in 91 and you look at Anthony Kiedis in 91 and you can barely tell them apart. Yeah, you just, like, even watching their film clips, it's like, wow, the stage, pre- the performance, the way they behave on stage, like, in the clip and stuff, not on stage. Um, you just say, oh, wow, chili peppers. Um, and yeah. And there's anyway. tangent number six and a half. Yep. So. <laughs> oh, God. 
But uh, yeah, all hope is gone. And you were saying earlier this is the album that got you into the Slipknot. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I said, working in a CD shop, and I'd hear a couple of their songs, and it's like, oh, okay, I don't mind this. Then um, on certain days, I was allowed to grab an album off and put it on to have it play over the um, speaker system in the shop. And I'd listen to the two songs, and it's like, okay, I'm really enjoying both of these songs. Um, so let's let's um put on this album and I listened to it and I was like, okay, I'm really digging this and I decided to buy it. And um, I listened to it quite a bit. I really dug it. Um, it did go for a bit soft, a bit softer in some parts I found. Yeah. Yeah, it did. But uh, not, uh, not jarringly, if you know what I mean. Like it didn't wreck the momentum of the album. No. And it, um, it did add like, it gave them a bit of depth I found. Yeah. Yeah. And well, uh, before that you had you had Vermilion, which was a bit softer. Yeah. But um yeah, then this album had things like um Dead Memories, which was very much a stone sour sounding song. Yeah. And um then you had Snuff, which was definitely a um well, as Corey Taylor said, it was very much an emotional project for him, just like um Under the Bridge for Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. And um, one of those songs that it was about the emotion for him and a way for him to get it out. And yeah, it was, well, I love it as an album. Um, I look at it now in like being able to analyze it without just being completely um, like nostalgic. And I do see why a lot of, there were quite a few Slipknot fans who didn't dig it. Yeah. Um, but I remember you saying about it one si- at one stage when people were talking about not digging it and saying how it was it was a heavier album like some of the stuff that they did on there. Yeah, it was like uh, what's it called, uh, Gematria. Yeah, the killing name. Gematria, Gematria, the killing name. Yeah, that was heavy as fuck, and that was like the start of the album, and it was in yeah, a that's way the second similar- one. What was that? Oh, that was yeah, the it's the second song. song. The first one was um, Dot Execute. Okay, yeah. But, but yeah, that uh, was only at minute 50, so I think that was more a sample than a song. Yeah. Well, my, the first outright song of the album, and in a way it was kind of like uh, Iowa. They kind of rushed the production of the album. They didn't really get to see it. Well, yeah, like I was reading it. before that it was... um. Let me see, it was... Recorded between February and June, so so what? February, March, April, May, June. That's five months for an album, and that's not specific dates, so it could go as low as four months. Yeah, and it was but, um, getting nine members together to do, produce the entire album and all mm, that stuff. And who was, were hopefully not sick of each other from touring and spending heaps of time together. Exactly, because they had been on tour solid for around mm. four years at that time. But they I mean, still produced it. Being one that hell close of to nine album. people, like, oh, absolutely, absolutely, and like being that close to nine people, like most people don't even have nine friends. Most bands are like, at most six people, and that's including like a manager or someone or someone who does sampling and stuff. Whereas this is nine people plus anyone who's going to do any managing and stuff, and all that jazz. It's there's a lot of personalities there and a lot of egos and you get those internal battles 
there. And there's the original so, nine too. Like Yeah, this is the last album of the original nine. Yeah, exactly. So like they have been together for around ten years and they well, yeah, this is two thousand and eight, so yeah, that had, from nineteen ninety eight, yeah, so it's about ten years. Yeah, exactly. Like and because that's when Corey joined the band in 98, and that's when the nine that we knew back then was solidified for the next four albums. And 10 years around the same nine people over and over again, sometimes for literally months and on end 24-7, it will get taxing. You learn everybody's little quips, and you fucking get sick of them very quickly. Oh, absolutely. And it was just and kind of annoying a habits and stuff like that. And so yeah. like as a prop, the album, it's a testament that people are spending that much time together and they're adults as well. It's not like spending time with a heap of kids. Kids are easy to deal with. Adults are assholes because they hide things, keep, they get um vindictive and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it is a really fair effort to the performers as well and to create a solid album like, um, yeah. Anyway, as us, as we're doing for the podcast, um, what's your favorite song off there? Uh, I don't know. I like Dead Memories and I like uh, The Killing Name. I can't say the other word properly, so I'm going to avoid it. Uh, but Demetria? Yeah, that one. Uh... You know what? I'm going to call my daughter that just so you always struggle with it because, well, you have enough struggles in life. May as well give you one more. What's it matter? I'm just going to call your daughter Gigi. But her middle name's not going to be G. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> well, just just call her the killing name, TKM. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to call it TKM. There you go. Did <laughs> you works. just announce that Chris was pregnant? Oh, no. No, hell no. <laughs> uh, Crystal, you're not pregnant, are you? No, she shook her head. Cool. I just have to confirm <laughs> these things sometimes. Oh, <laughs> uh, too bad if she said yes and you lied, but we haven't had sex since we got married. We got married a year ago. More than that. Oh, We're coming been. close. We're coming close to two years now. Oh uh, yeah, because it was before the bushfires. Yeah, you'd know if you came to the wedding, you bastard. You, I would have if you'd given me more than three days' notice, you prick. It was more than three days' notice. Oh, sorry, it was, it was seven days' notice. No, it was months' notice. Bullshit. But, um, it wasn't months' notice. It was. It wasn't. Anyway, but the reason is because you already had a 50th you were going to. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was the 50th or 60th? 50th. My mother-in-law's 50th. Yeah. So I couldn't and, really, um, and she lives with us, so I couldn't really uh, say, see ya. Yeah, and I had to. Well, the reason we had to bring it forward is um, my grandfather was not well, and we had to make sure he was there for it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I wish I could have been there. I, I know, dude, and I I hold no grudge, and I hold no personal thing. I just like to shit stir. I hold a grudge, and I hold a personal thing. Well, stop holding <laughs> your dick. That's the personal thing you're holding. Ah, uh, that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so tangent. Yep, yep, what that's we, what... What are we up to? That is now the six and a half, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six and a half tangent. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, did you include the one from before? I believe I did. Which one from before? There's been a couple from before. 
there have been five from before, according to your title. <laughs> but uh, the fuck. five and a half before. I can't remember what we're talking. Yeah, we'll By just the way, I think this is now the other half to take to take it up to a full amount because it's a tangent on a tangent. We're going meta again. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. So that's seven. Um. But yes. Yeah, so if uh, I was to say my favorite song off the album. Um. At first, I, oh, I actually really like Psychosocial. Um, yeah. Still that was great. also the song that started getting me into him, so it's got that nostalgia pop. Yeah. But um, I've become more of a fan of All Hope Is Gone. Yeah. There's, like the, the chorus, just raw that Corey does in that is just like, ah, oh, that is awesome. Yeah. I have to agree with you there. It is fucking awesome. Like I said, it was, uh, I got to see uh, Paul. His last time ever in Australia, and uh, Joey was mm. no Joey was the second in twenty twelve was Joey's last time in Australia, but uh, I got yeah. to saw Paul with the band. But it was the first time they brought out their full uh, shebang, like with the spinning the drum original risers, the, Oh, that uh, full shebang, yeah, yeah, like the full show. The spinning drum rises, the cherry picker uh, lifts. Uh, Sid jumped off like one of the liner ray systems at the Ace Arena. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Like, I was watching it and, like, I was only just into them, hadn't heard too much, and just watching this stage show was just jaw dropping. Yeah. Was the, no, I mean in 08 when I saw them. Oh, you're talking 08. Yeah, sorry, I'm talking 2010, I think. Yeah. Was that Soundwave? Yeah, it was Soundwave. No, that would have been 2012. 2012, so it was... Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Either way, still awesome. But yeah, yeah, they did a lot of similar things. Like, they had... um, It might not have been Sid, but they had someone jump off one of the big scaffolds. They um had the whole setup on stage. It was just like, ah, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. I Man. am enjoying this. They were like, you don't want to make us the headliner. We're going to like, force our way in. Yeah. And to be honest, they were still, there was what, four headliners that year, wasn't there? Two headliners that year. Them and System of a Down. A couple of years later, there was Slipknot, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Soundgarden, and Fade No More. I do regret not getting to that one, to be honest. It was 2015, I think it was, or 2014. Mm. 15, 15. Because the year after the 2012 one, it was Metallica with, like, the lineup that just looked fucking insane. With, like, Linkin yeah, Park, I'm... Garbage, Blink-182, Yeah, everyone. Offspring. Offspring were there, uh, Anthrax were there, Megadeth. Paramore. <laughs> Megadeth Slayer, Slayer was there, were I there. think. Yeah. Yeah. And one, and I think it was um, Megadeth pulled out though. Yeah. Sorry, it was Anthrax were there. And it was originally planned to be the big four, but Megadeth yeah, pulled but out. Yeah, Megadeth pulled out because Dave Mustaine couldn't keep sober. Yeah, pretty much. Though it's now come out, his head banged so much that he broke his neck. Mm, well, it doesn't stop him from singing. Yeah, <laughs> just gonna stand I mean, Jesus still. Christ, you can't walk, but you can still sing. Not well, but you can sing. Yeah, exactly. I was on like a record with a broken part and a scratch. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, 
we digress. Tangent. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a tangent. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in 2014, it was Green Day. So, yeah, 2015 would have been the four headliners for Slipknot. It would have been yeah, the first time the one... without Joey. Yeah. Um, yeah, and geez, Australia needs a good metal festival again. Yeah, Australia needs live music again. Fucking virus. Yeah, well, that's that's more a COVID issue. Yeah, yeah. Although download looks like it's gonna when it comes back, it will tour again, but mm. as in tour the country instead of just Sydney and Melbourne, it will tour the entire country, which is looking good. And Good Things Festival just got a uh, a huge grant from the uh, Australian government so yeah, hopefully they're going to be bringing out bigger bands well the last one was The Offspring so yeah be... um, which don't get me wrong I love The Offspring they're an amazing band but um, yeah they their sub headline like they're just under the top like, they can do top in a pinch. They're like an upper mid-carder in wrestling. Yeah. They're pretty much Kofi Kingston. Yes, occasionally they can get to the top sort of thing, but most of the time they should be down a little bit. Yeah, I get what you mean. But, uh, yeah. yeah, like, they've all got to start somewhere. I mean, at one stage, the offspring, offspring, offspring headline sound wave. Like, no way. Hmm. So, yeah, that was the really... And I think Killswitch was there, too. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking awesome. Hmm. Me and, uh, I think, Fergo, Fergo went there. Me and, I took, I gave him the ticket, oh, I bought the ticket and then he bought it off me, but I still went, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, yeah Killswitch yeah. were there, uh, Shadows 4 were there, Incubus were there. Incubus, uh, Ale- Alexis on Fire, Thursday, yeah. Plain White Tees, Motion City Soundtrack, Mindless Self-Indulgence. Um. Yeah, pretty much the only, city and color. I just stayed at the metal stage all day, and then uh, went over to catch a little bit of incubus, then wandered back to the metal stage. I was like, "Yeah, incubus are good, and they're one of my favorite bands." But Killswitch was so fucking awesome at that time. Mm. But uh, yeah, um. I think that's still part of the last tangent, so we won't include that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, that was a hell of a year. I got to say Slipknot, Machine Head, Soundwave. Lamb of God was there, wave. weren't they? No, not that one. That was a different one for yeah, you. That was a different one. But uh, that one, uh, that year I got to see Ride Jones Machine as well. Yeah. Which was fucking awesome <laughs> but yeah 2008 was killer year for Slipknot in general like uh seeing what Joey could do upside down while spinning around like obviously he wasn't the first drummer to do that Tommy Lee did that decades before him but Tommy Lee wasn't playing as complicated rhythms as Joey was well, not even just as fast a rhythms as Joey was. Yeah. Like, take out complication, just talk about the speed. Yeah, exactly. Little right. uh, Ernie wasn't... He was generally playing it in just his underwear at most, 
Um, whereas Joey had a jumpsuit and a mask on yeah. in Australian heat with flamethrowers going around all around him. And uh, also, on all Harper's gone, he had that crown of thorns. I didn't think that was Joey's mask, was it? I'm pretty sure on all Harper's gone, he had a crown of thorns. Okay. We'll double check that one when we have the next podcast. And if you're wrong, I'll rub it in your face. If you're not wrong, I won't bring it up. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm looking at the all Harper's gone picture. He had a crown of thorns. Okay. No, Did he perform with it on, though? Uh, I can't remember if he ever performed with it on. Anyway. Either um, way, yeah. We digress. Then you've yeah, got... It, that's his studio albums, but what the... They toured twice for that album, and like you, we kept mentioning the 2012 Soundwave was for All Hope Is Gone. And that yeah. was that the first time you saw him live, or the only time? Yeah, it was the first and only time I saw him live. I was going to see them again um, last year when they were come. Was it last year or the year before when they were coming out with Metallica? Yeah, the year before, 2019. Yeah, we were planning on, like Crystal and I were planning on going to see that. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, weren't able to. Yeah, yeah, we were planning on getting there for that. But um, and yeah, apparently Tenacious D was going to be performing there too. Yeah, no, that was a rumor that got unsubstantiated. Okay, they they were saving themselves. Foo Fighters were about to announce a tour before the world shut down. Oh, fair enough. And they were the yeah. squad, they're always swatting Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah, well... Because Dave's the unofficial third member of Tenacious T. Exactly. Well, he's the devil in the movie. And in the tribute film clip. I didn't know he was the devil in the tribute film clip too, but no, cool. Yeah, um, and uh, Ben Stiller was the director of the film clip. I'm not surprised Ben Stiller was in the movie as well. Yeah, I actually think he was like a producer or a director of the movie. Can't remember. But either um, way, um, yeah, uh, Alien Weaponry, the teenagers from Australia were going to open for Metallica okay. and Slipknot. They're not bad either. I don't mind them. Yeah, I know. But they're like, like Silverchair from the 90s. They're all really, really young fellas. Like the oldest mm. is like 17. And they were going to open for fucking Metallica. Yeah, that's um, Dream Come True. Dream Come True. Yeah, shit. I'm not even that big a fan of Metallica, despite what the top 10 video said. I'm not that big a fan of Metallica, but my fucking God, do you know what I would have given at the age of 17 to open for Metallica? Hmm. Uh, they're, they're an iconic band, that's why. Yeah, true. But anyway, uh, trying to prevent tangents, because... From our discussion before, we're going to try and get the um, podcast down to a bit shorter so um, <laughs> people can actually listen through them in a decent amount of time rather than like spending three days doing like 30-minute blips. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much our podcast on our favorite moments of Joey Jordison. Um, yeah. Once again, rest in power. Um, it's the most metal way to say rest in peace because if you're a metalhead, there's no peace. Um, fuck me. The, yeah, um, the metal band, they can now have like a full-on, or they could have had it for a while now, but they can full-on have a metal battle of the bands in heaven 
if you think about it, because now Vinnie Paul and Joe Jordison are both there, and like in that mythical afterworld, they're in Valhalla. We'll call it that. But uh, now they've got like Hendrix, they've got Dimebag, they've got uh, a bunch of different vocalists. They've got Malcolm Young up guitarists. there if you want a rhythm guitarist. Yeah, they've got a few bass players as well. And well, God only damn. the other day, what's his name from ZZ Top? Exactly, the same day as Joey. Oh, day after. Day after. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... but, um, Paul's up there as well as a bassist. Oh, yeah. Shit. Well, you've got Dimebag and Vinnie Paul that are both together. And you got Paul and Joey that will work together. Mm, exactly. Anyway, so we're going to call this to an end. So everyone, Tom's giving me my top ten in a moment. Now, he's giving me top tens, and one of the things I said to him is, give me top tens of things you know I won't like. <laughs> Mainly because I love a good rant and a rave and a whinge and a moan. So um, hit me, Tom. What is it? Okay. I'm going to give you... This week's, then I'm going to give you one for two weeks from now so I can get it done. Yep. But uh, the first one that is due this Friday is the top 10 Tom Cruise movies. Oh, get fucked, cunt. (laughs) Like, seriously. Oh, God. I'm sorry, I just know how much you hate him and I think it's going to be hilarious. Fuck, fuck, fuck you. Uh, You know what? You know what? what? I hope your children go to give you a hug and kick you in the balls. (laughs) Shit, that's part of being a father. I've been hitting the nads more times than I I would say I hope you step on a piece of Lego, but you're in a wheelchair, so that's kind of difficult. I'll just pop my tire. Yeah, but that's a lot less painful. Oh, have you ever tried to wheel a wheelchair on a flat tire. Either either that, or I'm just going to tell Taya to just like secretly put like pieces of Lego on your chair so you have to sit on it all day. <laughs> oh god, she will. Do. So what's the other one? What's the other one? Well, I was trying to think about this, and I was trying to think: should I be nice or mean again? And I thought to myself, well. If I do the mean ones, I'm all the time. They're just going to get old. So I'll throw yeah. them in every now so, and again. That being said, I was about to say to you, you should have thought, WWJD, what would Jay do? <laughs> Jay would be nice to Jay. And a prick to everyone else. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. I'm not denying that. Yeah. Oh, I love you. That's all that counts. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, tell me what it is. Uh, the top 10... Sylvester Stallone movies. Uh, okay. That's neutral for me. Like, I'm not a big Sly fan, but enough that it's like, eh, yeah, that, I can work that. Yeah, but at least he's not a tiny weird little douchebag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's not a Scientologist. He's already better than um Tom fucking Cruise. Anyway, I'm saying <laughs> bye now, and I'm telling Tom to get fucked. Um, oh, the anyway, one caveat is don't get us sued. You're not my real mum. <laughs> oh, god damn. Nah, it'll be right. I'll behave-ish. It's on YouTube. I have to be a bit nice. Yeah. We can say what we want on the podcast, but on YouTube, we have to be nice. Yeah. Anyway, so I've been Shaky J. And I've been Tom. 
Anyway, thanks for um, hosting, Tom, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. When we come up with a topic at some point and then do no research and rush and talk about something we like. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good to me. And uh, once again, rest in peace, Joey Jordison. Yep. You're one of our favorites of all time. You've done so much in the music industry and you will be missed. You will miss even during the times that you fell out of uh, contact with everyone and you weren't doing any more music. And yeah. So that's been episode 10. Rest in peace, Joey Jordison. And yeah, everyone else, be safe during COVID. Don't do dumb shit. And yeah, talk to you next time. Bye.